Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts. We're your Tipsy Ghosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hi. Hey guys. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You okay there? That was a big sigh right from the get-go. I think I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to wake up a little bit. Okay, yes. Yes. Everything's fine. Is it? Yeah. I've just okay. <laughs> Anything new going on in your life? Should we talk about things? Yes. I have something exciting to tell Lindsay because Boydston already knows. You just have to rub it in that Boydston knows something <laughs> I don't know, don't you? Have you not figured this out about me that I'm not very good about like <laughs> lying about things or filtering things? I try, but it's not very good. Um, anyways, I booked a last minute trip to Branson with just me and the kids this weekend. Ooh, fun. Super fun. And guess where we're going? Where? Branson. Well, yeah. In Branson. Guess where we're going? I don't know. You're never going to guess. I've only been to Branson once. (laughs) We're going to the Titanic Museum. Ooh. Guess who's visited there? Yes, (laughs) We were at Branson a couple years ago, and my husband mentioned going there, and I was like, eh, I didn't really want to, so we didn't. Okay. Have you seen the museum? It's actually really cool looking. Yeah, we drove past it. It is really cool looking. Lindsay's above that. No. Listen, this was before we started hanging out. (laughs) No, I'm saying this was before we started hanging out, and we had a very jam-packed weekend. So, hmm. okay, that fun though. Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! I'm saying I wasn't into like haunted investigations like I am now. Now I would want to go to it. My I wouldn't do it, but it sounds that. fun for you. <laughs> You're so special to me that that no. sounds really good for you. <laughs> Let me also rephrase: when me and Evan went, we went without the kids, and so it was like. We were drinking every night and going oh, out. Okay, doing stuff. all right. So yeah. I mean, I probably still would go, but yes. um, that's fine. Um, so, anyways, I'm gonna take some pictures, and <gasps> you may just see a ghost at the Titanic Museum. You I never know. I'm so wait. excited for you. I, I'm pretty excited. It does look like a really cool place. Yeah. It's funny though. Hmm. Um, truth be, truth be told, <laughs> I booked the tickets before I remembered that Zach went there. <laughs> Like I was that much of a history nerd. I was like, yay, I can't Tell wait to Tell me this. Go. Do they have like the tip of a ship where you can pretend to be? I think yes. they do. Can they, I get permission to Google and show you what it yes, looks like? Yes, you need to see Absolutely it. It's not. actually, oh, I'm like, yes, please do. It looks like the ship. It is. Well, that's all you need to say. I know what the ship looks they like. They give you a passport and mm-hmm. you get a to pretend. Passport? You get to pretend to be a passenger on yes. there and you find out at the end if you if lived you or died. lived or died. Stop it. Do you <laughs> get to pretend it's sinking and you're like, oh no, and One water of the rushes is, in? I mean, don't you know can about do that. whatever you want. <laughs> you I'm not sure about the life simula- simulation. Is- <laughs> simulator? Simulator is what I meant to say. <laughs> Look at that. It's a real ship. Thank you. From the side. (laughs) I thought she was going to show you inside pictures. I know. I was showing her what it looked like outside because she wanted to see that it looked like a Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally cool. I wanted to know if there was a a part inside where you could, like a photo opportunity where you could be Rose. You can't do that. It's like dark. I I believe they have a a nighttime scene of the show. Listen, I'm remembering from Zach's episode. It's been a minute. And who knows how it is during the day, honestly, but. It's like an actual uh, <laughs> that's not what I want to know. Inside. We want inside want? pictures. Is there a scene? She keeps showing inside. me the outside of the building. <laughs> I mean, it's got like the staircase. Thank you. I, th- oh, that looks I cool. think we're done here. Thank you. Okay. So um, you can be Rose on, my, on the That's stairs. on my bucket list now. Okay. I want to know. I love role playing. Let's go together. I did not. Okay. You I'm can wear your so. rose dress. Look at these pictures. People did it. See? <laughs> 
Uh, but we See, that's what I wanted. Oh, there, that there, bottom there, picture. There we go. Yeah. Obviously. Not the outside of the ship. One. <laughs> I or wanted to show the you building. the outside of the ship, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just really wanted you to see that it was a ship. <laughs> There'll be pictures of me and my kids on the front of the ship. <laughs> yes. I love it. Do it. Please take a picture so of the outside funny. of the ship. <laughs> so my husband's going hiking this weekend. It's I was just like, why me is and he the kids. not going? Is he not invited? <laughs> he totally was it was totally last minute um everybody's been cramped up inside yes. we're over it you I know have a question yeah does your husband know that it is <laughs> very cold outside and he's going hiking <laughs> yeah he does know that and i i don't understand why people and like to go hiking and camping on the <sighs> listen that is not my idea of fun snow which is why i'm not going snow on the ground <laughs> looking like a fool with the snow on the ground okay is that a real song no not the snow part oh okay it's from American Idol. Pants on the ground. Pants I do know ground. pants on the ground. It was okay. It was my rendition. <clears throat> oh, okay. So you. he's looking like a fool going hiking with the snow on the ground. I would agree with that. Apparently, people do that. I don't know. That does not sound like fun. No, it's definitely not my idea of fun. Absolutely not. Which is why I'm going to the Titanic Museum instead. That's my idea of fun. Get, yes. I cannot wait to hear if you live or die. I know. I'm excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you said that because I already have anxiety about traveling. I understand. <laughs> I have anxiety about just driving down there, period, and then driving with my kids. And we're taking the dog to our VRBO or Verbo. I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but. That sounds great. Either way. Either way. I knew what you meant. You know what I mean. So it's just a lot of things that are outside my comfort zone, and I'm, I'm doing it. And did I tell you guys that I'm going to SS Are, are Park? you trying to one-up me? No, I'm trying to. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to the Stanley Hotel. You did say that. Yes. Dude. Not for a while. But oh, okay. I was like, ooh, this week? No, 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 no. no. Not till May. Um, we're not going to stay there, but the other night. then. The other so you're night going to SS Park, but you're not staying in it in Stanley. No. And the other night my Missed husband. opportunity. No, it's because... First off, it's really expensive. Can, can you and your husband dress up like twins and then ride <laughs> bikes down the hall? We look exactly alike, yes. <laughs> no, but we were planning on what to do while we were there. And he goes, you're going to want to go see that hotel, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I mean, it's gorgeous. but yeah, it is beautiful. I wish you, you guys should at least go outside. <laughs> you should I at don't. least go inside and like sit at the bar for a while yeah. or something. And at least... At least check it out. Ooh, I think hello. they do some like tours. It's kind of like yeah. a lot of the other hotel tours we've seen where it's just like you walk through. It's not yeah. like an overnight thing. So I think we're going to do that. Dude. You should you should talk a little bit on like the episode, the next episode we record about the Titanic Museum. I will. <laughs> I thought you just meant like the Titanic. In no. <laughs> like Thank if you. you found anything, like Thank you for asking. I'll try to be open. To do you want to borrow a recorder? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. You, you, they only book so many people at a time. So mm, I feel like it's got to be pretty controlled, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many people you go through Get it back with. Get the control, the recorder. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And then we'll be listening to the audio. It's just going to be I'm just him arguing with me the entire time about everything under the sun. No, you don't want that. I'm going to save you from that. <laughs> I was kidding. I can send you with a recorder and some cat balls and um, whatever, dowsing rods. It's just me and my kids walking through this and you're just going to be following the tour guide with your dowsing rods. (laughs) I think she's over there. (laughs) My kids are so used to it. They're like, oh, are you going to go ghost hunting over there? I'm like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Actually, uh, my kids don't actually know we're going yet. I haven't. I'm surprising them. 
I dare you to raise your hand during the tour and ask if there was a passenger named George. You dare accepted. <laughs> I I think that's probably common knowledge on the internet, and we could figure that out. I can. I, know, I think they I have a list of everybody who's died oh, there, sure so I can probably by just the look looks for of it. the outside of the building. I think that you're right. <laughs> it looks accurate. Oh my God, Caesar. <laughs> Oh, a little Caesar meme. Hey. So your kids don't know yet? No. Oh, that's fun. I'm trying to hold out as long as I can. Caesar. So tonight's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. We're leaving tomorrow. We're leaving tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes. I've held out this whole week. It was just very spur of the moment. That's so fun, though. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Once I, I swear to Jesus, he is the most nice cat you will ever see. He scared me. He just touched my leg. Hi. Oh. <laughs> Sweet boy. It's fine. If you just pet him, he'll be fine. I feel like if I pet him, that invites him to stay longer, and that's not what I want. He just wants affirmation that you love him. He's a very sensitive cat. Just touch his tail. Do it. See? He's happy now. (laughs) He just wants to rub his head on you. That's all he wants in life. There's so many other... There's two other people here. He'd, no, like, no. he'd like to mark you. Here. There's two other people here. See, who he's going to mark your microphone. Take some deep breaths. Nothing it's more than to pet you. Take that some, is not me. Take some deep breaths. He's not going <gasps> to hurt oh, you. Oh, God! Okay, if you scare if you him, he might bite you. His means will come out. You have to be calm. See, he's like, look at me. Love me. <laughs> I'm very oh, see? anxious right now. Everything's fine. Okay. He jumped into my lap. Hey. <laughs> You're very friendly today. Not that you're not always, but sometimes you're not interested. Lindsay almost got the memes. <laughs> well, I mean, you almost deserved it. <laughs> My heart rate's going up. <laughs> and he's there he goes. Me. See, he's fine. My he's hands fine. are sweaty. <laughs> Palms are sweaty. He's knees weak. Mom's spaghetti. Arms are heavy. So, guys, we're covering an interesting subject tonight. I'm pretty excited. We are. We are doing another one of our group episodes. I am loving the group episodes. A group paranormal. I've gotten good feedback on our group episode. I think it's been fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we going to talk about tonight? Who wants to tell? Don't put Boydston on the spot. Please don't. <laughs> we are doing, like I said, a group paranormal. We're going to talk about the Warrens. Yes. Ed and Lorraine. But more specifically, we each picked one of their famous cases to talk about. We did. We did. Yay! <laughs> We've been talking about doing this subject for a while, so I'm glad we yes. finally covered it. And they are obviously very famous and have lots of cases, so it's not one that we could each do. So we're doing a group. Yeah. All right. Ed and Lorraine Warren, they were American paranormal investigators and authors most associated with demonology. Edward, or Ed as he was more commonly known, was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist. Lorraine was a clairvoyant and a light trance medium. Together, they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research in 1952. Nesper. 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 (laughs) So they wrote a lot of books about their experiences with the paranormal. Have Um, you read any? I have not actually read one of their books. Why didn't you ask me? (laughs) I'm kidding. I I should, though. I should. Um, You should. I should. I've actually been wanting to read about the Mediville. Sorry, what? Yeah, it took me a second. She's it sounded like a Mittyville. <laughs> That's she Amityville. Says, I remember this from the last time we talked about this. This is how she says it. <laughs> it never, I probably thought she was talking about something different altogether. She says Mittyville. A Mittyville. Okay, all right. Amityville. <laughs> Shut up. They <laughs> claim to have investigated over ten thousand cases over their careers. Okay. 
probably true. Um, I strive to do that. That's a lot. 10,000 cases. Sarah We're, and I strive to do no, that. No, no, I'm not saying don't strive. In, okay? I'm saying <laughs> if you think 10,000 cases, like how many you must be doing a year just to hit 10,000, that's a lot. Yeah, but that was pretty much their job, that and was, they were yeah. highly sought after, so they were. it makes sense. Um, so some of their most famous ones, like I said, is the Amity- Amityville. Amity- yep. Oh, my gosh. I told you it's a problem. <laughs> I didn't realize it. <laughs> it was talk. <laughs> Annabelle, uh, the infield poltergeist, Cheyenne Johnson, the Snedeker house, and the Smurl family. Their hauntings... Or, excuse me, their investigations inspired several films and movies, including The Conjuring, Amityville Horror. Yep. And The Conjuring Whole Universe. There's Thank like, you. what, five, six movies now with that? I've it, only seen two. Uh, yeah. So Conjuring 2 came out in 2016. So. And then there's The Nun. That came from oh, that. I see. Oh, yeah. And all of saying. the Annabelle movies. I understand. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And there's so. The Haunting in Connecticut as well. There's mm-hmm. lots. Have, um, you, have you seen Amityville Horror? I have, I've seen the one with Ryan Reynolds. I haven't seen oh. the original. <laughs> okay, fun fact. When I was younger, like maybe uh-huh. junior high, that was probably like one of the first scary movies I watched and actually really liked. Uh-huh. I know we're all shocked. Um, and <laughs> at like sleepovers when we would go to Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh, the memories. I can <laughs> I still smell Blockbuster. <laughs> it's a very unique smell. We would go every Those Friday night. Ginormous plastic cases yeah. with the, the mm. video on the inside. It was a thing to do on, on Friday nights. You'd go it to absolutely was. go get pizza. Yeah. Be kind. Rewind. I would, yes. I would ask them to rent Amityville every time because I loved that movie. The original or the remake? <laughs> the original. The remake was not out yet. That was <laughs> true. <laughs> You're right. It wasn't at Blockbuster. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyhow, that's how that's my memory and of then Amityville I've seen... Horror. I think I've seen the first Annabelle and I've seen the first Conjuring. That's all I've really seen of those. I like them all. I quite enjoyed them. Yeah. So that's how most people know the Warrens now is because they have been very popular with these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a museum, the Warrens Occult Museum, in their house in Monroe, Connecticut. It is now closed due to some zoning laws and things like that. I couldn't really find anything Bummer. more than that. I know. Um, their son-in-law, Tony Sparrow, he helps runs it now. They were married in 1945. They had one daughter named Judy. And Edward died in 2006. And Lorraine died in 2019. So, there have been several skeptics. They've been widely criticized for embellishing or making up stories completely. For example, several of the hauntings that they said that they went on have never happened or were totally fabricated. So, take that as you will. There have been some criticism for them. I think with anything paranormal, that's always going to be the case. Yeah. We have our own resident skeptic, so we understand. She's infiltrated our I group. I want you to know I did a really good job on my story with trying not to be a skeptic, oh, so you're okay. welcome. I'm right, so proceed. I think you. I did like one sentence at the end, and that's it. Okay. Okay. I did Annabelle. The doll. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody surprised? You, you did a story on you Annabelle? A... Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Dang it. Two of you. <laughs> It is, Lindsay, this is a family podcast. Okay? <laughs> it, is it is not a family podcast. We talk about murder <laughs> and demon possessed dolls. Okay, right, so you had a thing with Annabelle. I got it. <laughs> Me and Annabelle. I will say so. I did Robert the doll a while ago. Okay. This is. <laughs> I think that might be not allowed. He's in a cast case. I did a story on Robert the doll a while ago. 
Annabelle is not like Robert the Doll, where like (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, there's probably a name for that fetish. (laughs) You cannot see pictures of her without feeling sickness. That's all I'm trying to say. So don't be worried about seeing pictures of her. People listening, got it. Okay, Okay. got it. That's all I was trying to say. You guys are being dirty birdies about this. I mean, yes. You you set yourself up. I just. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. So Annabelle in reality looks like a Raggedy Ann doll, not the creepy porcelain one that you guys see in the movies. Hollywood basically wanted to make her look more terrifying. Raggedy Annabelle. Well, um, they succeeded. Yeah. She's much scarier in the movies. So She got into mom's makeup. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, my. Just imagine Raggedy Ann doll. That just reminded me. I painted my face like Annabelle when Halloween. Did you? I did. I want to see that picture. Maybe okay. you should post that. Okay, I will. All right. So, Annabelle. So, her story starts in 1970, or at least that is the first that we hear of her. So, two nurses lived together as roommates in Hartford, Connecticut. Their names were Angie and either Donna or Deidre. We're not sure. Most stories refer to her as Donna, but Deidre was also used. So, okay. I'm just okay. going to call her Donna. So Donna was given the doll on her 28th birthday as a gift from her mother. Supposedly, her mom bought the doll from a secondhand store. That's all we know. So Donna loved the doll, brought it back to their apartment, and the doll behaved pretty strangely from the beginning. They would leave the doll on the couch, and I'm thinking, like, why? I mean, I don't like dolls. I wouldn't leave them. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, if it's, it's a thing toy, in the 70s. She's 28 years old. It was a decoration. <laughs> It's just she's part I'm of the family. Saying, I don't okay. know. I'm I don't know. I just found that unusual, but whatever. <laughs> so she would leave the doll on the couch, go to work, and would come back home to find the doll sitting in her room with the door shut instead. She wanted privacy. Mm. <laughs> Annabelle was like, she... "You know what? Fuck you." <laughs> they... I want to be in the in the room. Okay. <laughs> Proceed. I want to be in the room. <laughs> I want to be on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> she would leave the house knowing that she left the doll in one position, like. Her legs would be uncrossed. She would come home and find her moved and her legs would be crossed. Things escalated when they came home and found parchment paper all over with the words help me written in crayon. You know what you know about parchment paper, right? It's super spooky. Remember when I used it on my PowerPoint? (laughs) Parchment paper? Yes. I think that was papyrus. (laughs) (laughs) Parchment paper is like... That's what I cook with. That's what I cook with. It's what gets caught right. on fire. That was a swing oven. and a miss there. Oh, that's too soon, Lindsay. Proceed. I don't think people know this, but I I almost caught my house on fire. But I did I did burn my hands due to parchment paper. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay, stop it. I was uh, trying to tell her what parchment paper was. Yes, it was a swing and a miss right. for me. But I'm sorry about your burnt hand. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Excuse you. I was very concerned about your burnt hand when it happened. You were. Okay. I will give, yes, you were. I offered to pull your pants up for you. You did. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to go to the bathroom, so I held it for almost eight hours. Lindsay's like, well, I'll pull your pants up for you. I'm such a good friend. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so they found parchment paper with the words help me written in crayon that was scattered all over the apartment. They had no parchment paper in their apartment, and they have no idea how it got there. They don't like clean pants, then. <laughs> Maybe they use foil. I don't know. (laughs) As you say, I use foil. I don't use parchment paper often. I'm the opposite. Mm. Mm -hmm. Foil just gets so hot. It's metal, so it's a conductor. Oh, it's parchment paper, apparently. Parchment paper just burns. turns into fire. (laughs) And a fun fact, if you walk... If you walk towards the door to throw the parchment paper out the door, um, it, it, the fire gets bigger. Apparently, your face. apparently, oxygen is a thing. <laughs> Shit. 
So. I bet you were so scared. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> my dogs are always at my feet, too. Yes, we laugh. And Lucy, <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Lucy's very fluffy, and I was like, oh, God, if she's here, like she's just going up in a fiery poof. A big ball of poof. <laughs> she is. No, Aww, luckily, <laughs> I made it to the door. I threw the pan out the door. I only burned <laughs> my hands, so Aww. I'm okay. My eyebrows are fine. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Parchment paper. <laughs> Gets the best of us. Oh. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> they also noticed that the doll would move rooms, like I said earlier. At one point... Oh, no. Oh, God. I can't. The doll... I thought you said you were trying. The doll appeared to be leaking blood. What? I know! Did she get cut? Is she on her period? <laughs> From where? <laughs> <laughs> That was a serious question, Lindsay. <laughs> you just asked if Annabelle was on her period. I All mean... of us ladies can understand. <laughs> Make it a lot more realistic. What uh, happened? I That's all I could find. And I was like, I have so many questions. So many questions. Okay. Okay. All right. One morning, the nurses were <clears throat> eating breakfast at the table. And Annabelle's, Annabelle was sitting at the table. And two flimsy little cloth arms levitated onto the table. (laughs) Her arms levitated. You got me at, why was she at the breakfast table with I'm going to get to that, actually. So I put, these nurses are badass because they didn't get scared Mm -hmm. and decided to hold um, a seance, basically, with the doll. So they called a psychic who came over to do a seance. But the psychic said that she sensed a spirit of a young girl around six or seven years old who was killed outside of their apartment complex before the apartments were built, named Annabelle Higgins. So that is where the name Annabelle came from. Okay. The psychic told the roommates that Annabelle wanted to stay with them and be loved. So the roommates gave Annabelle permission to inhabit the doll and decided to accept her and nurture her, which is why they were like, including her her? okay yeah the breakfast table i thought that was a little weird but okay Um, it said basically they like felt bad because like oh this is like a little child who just wants to be loved sure okay so after the seance the nurses tried to treat her more like a human things were going fine but then angie's fiance lou was over one night sleeping on the couch annabelle was seated on the opposite end of the couch he woke up startled and sweaty and reported, quote, I just had the craziest nightmare. I had a dream that that doll there was crawling up my leg and got to my neck and was trying to strangle me to death. So Lou wakes up. He's pissed. He picks up Annabelle. He throws her across the room. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said. <laughs> Bad move. <laughs> Bad mood, bro. Yeah. I was like, even I know you don't do stuff like this. He <laughs> yelled at Annabelle that she was nothing more than a raggedy Ann doll and she can't hurt anyone. Oh. What was it? Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Annabelle's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, supposedly, according to the Warrens, this provoked the demonic presence attached to it and caused seven psychic wounds to appear on his body. He got four slash marks on his chest and three on his stomach that looked like claw marks. They believe that Lou was targeted and not the nurses because he basically antagonized it. Huh. Huh. So after this incident, the nurses called an Episcopal priest in Connecticut to help them, who then directed them to the Warrens. So this is how the Warrens get involved. Okay. So they come over, they did an exorcism with a priest um, in the apartment. Ed then took the doll with him for safekeeping. So he put Annabelle in the backseat of his car. He told Lorraine, we're going to have a rough trip home. Um, And they did. They had lots of car trouble on the way home. 
Their brakes failed several times, resulting in them almost crashing. Um, at one point, he had to stop the car and sprinkle Annabelle with holy water to calm her down. <laughs> That's how I they got like home. that made it, would make it worse. But, mm-hmm. Okay, they're the experts. The Warrens report, quote, Spirits do not possess inanimate, inanimate objects like houses or toys. <laughs> so close. You almost had it. They report, quote, Spirits do not possess inanimate... Inanimate. Damn it, I'm looking at it. But the M and the N are... Inanimate. They report, quote, that spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. That's right. I know, but I sound like an idiot. It is what it is. (laughs) They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So once they um, got to their house, they reported that the doll levitated and moved around their home. They would place her in a locked office in another building, and she would still turn up inside their home. Um, So that's when they decided to lock her up in a specially made glass and wood case. Hmm. Okay. So Annabelle is in a glass box still to this day at the Warren's Occult Museum. She sits in a glass case with a hand-carved inscription of the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer and a sign that says, Warning, positively do not open. What if you negatively open? Positively, y'all. Can't okay. touch her. Negatively don't open. And it kind of looks like a tarot card. What? Stop it. <laughs> you did not. Tarot card? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. It's a tarot card. <laughs> a tarot card. Looks like it's... I don't know. It's kind of hard to see, but it, I don't know. It's kind I of weird. I can't see it at all. And, oh, it looks, it looks like a, the devil. Yeah. Actually. That's what I was going to say it. I was like, I don't know the symbolism behind that. I, I mean, tried well, to find... it looks like a, a man body, but with a head of a goat, maybe with horns. So for the rest of Ed's life, he said a binding prayer periodically over the case to ensure that Annabelle remained trapped in there. Joseph Laycock with Texas State University, the assistant professor of religious studies there, reported that most skeptics have dismissed the museum as full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. I said, not at my bookstores. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> I don't see those at my bookstores. Um, he also said that Annabelle herself was an interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folklore. And points to all of the demonic dolls that were popularized. Um, so points to all the demonic dolls that were popularized during this time by Chucky and Robert the Doll. And there was also a Twilight Zone <laughs> episode called Living Doll in which the character of the mother is named Annabelle. Hmm. This hmm. was released five years prior to the Warren stepping into the story. Oh. So some more recent stuff just about Annabelle. Once a priest visited the museum and picked up Annabelle. Hmm. And this was back when Ed and Lorraine were still alive. Was it before the positively do not open or touch sign? <laughs> I think he was down there with them. Mm. Like, because Ed was there with him and okay. maybe he was a priest. So he had special permission. He was a priest. Maybe he was doing a blessing. I don't know. Okay. Permission right. from God. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> so he was, though, discounting the stories that Ed sure. was telling him about her. Um, Ed warned the priest not to mock her. And the priest laughed. On his way home, the oh, priest no. was involved in a near-fatal crash that totaled his new car. He did survive, but he claims that he saw Annabelle in his rearview mirror just before the accident. Oh, oh. no. I'm going to get you. 
Um, one person I picture her as. went to visit the museum with his girlfriend and ignored the warnings of the museum and taunted the doll. He tapped on her glass case and laughed at how silly it was that people believe in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was asked to leave by the museum and was killed in a motorcycle crash <clears throat> afterwards. His girlfriend barely survived, and she claimed that at the time of the accident, they were laughing about Annabelle. Oh, um, In August 2020... Annabelle was in the news. Do you guys remember this? No. I know there's a lot going on in 2020. Was she out of her case or something? There was news circulating (laughs) social media that she had escaped from the museum. That was what it was. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, 2020 needed anything. (laughs) It's an escaped demonic doll. Yes. Yeah. Add that Uh, to the list. (laughs) Right. She did not actually escape. Um, Someone changed her Wikipedia page claiming that she escaped on August 14th, 2020. But the museum was quick to tell people and get on Twitter and be like, no, she's here. She did not escape. <laughs> She's in her glass case, everybody. Um, it gave us some solid good memes, though. But Annabelle <laughs> is still at the museum in her glass box. And then I will say, so this story, a lot of it has not been able to be credited. The priest and the motorcyclist names, they were never released uh, for privacy purposes. Donna and Angie, the nurses, they never came forward to talk about their story. And the two priests who exercised the apartment never mentioned their exorcism ever again. Hmm. So it's all based off of what the Warrens say and what they have recounted. So take that as you will. It's so hard to know, though, because, again, I think with anything paranormal, yeah, especially when you involve the church, that they don't really want to be involved. Right. It could be privacy stuff. I can totally see that. It could be they were so traumatized they didn't want to talk about it or have the media frenzy. Yeah. Who knows? So that's Annabelle. Okay. Have you guys seen The Conjuring 2? Yes. I believe so, yes. That movie is based off the claims from my story, The Enfield Poltergeist. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So in (laughs) Enfield, which I'm going to assume is a suburb of London, in August of 1977, single mother Peggy lived in a semi-detached home with her children. The main ones involved were two girls named Margaret, age 13, and Janet, age 11, So one night Peggy was putting the kids to bed when she heard Janet complaining that her brother's beds were wobbling. Unamused, Peggy told her to stop mucking around, Um, but the following evening something strange happened. Peggy heard a crash upstairs when she went to tell the children to settle down. She witnessed a chest of drawers moving. Peggy tried to push it back, but it just kept coming towards her due to some unknown force, and the kids and Peggy went next door to the neighbor's house for respite. Um, One of the neighbors, named Vic, went over to investigate, and he would later say, quote, I went in there, and I couldn't make out the noises. There was a knocking on the wall, in the bedroom, and on the ceiling. I was beginning to get a bit afraid. So the next day, Peggy called the police to the house with claims that she heard or that she had witnessed furniture moving and also reported that the girls heard knocking sounds on the walls. A police constable said that she saw a chair move, quote, a large armchair moved unassisted four feet across the floor. Can I just say I love the word constable? I think it's so cute. Cute? Oh, okay. I think it's just such a cute word for a police officer. I'm, I'm glad you like that. That's probably what they were going for. <laughs> yeah. cute. I know. That's probably not what they're going for, but I'm just like, a little constable. Not authoritative at all. It's fine. Yeah. I think it's a cute word, okay? <laughs> so when we ever go to England, you're going to be like, oh, you're adorable. <laughs> hey. 
Ma'am, you can't drink in public. You're so cute. Oh, look at you and your constable and your hand. Ma'am, you're under arrest. <laughs> oh, look at <laughs> you. I totally respect law enforcement. I just think that's a funny <laughs> word. <laughs> so the the constable, the cute constable, we'll say. Oh, um, I just love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sounds adorable. <laughs> she she has a knife This little hat. Oh, Cheerio. <laughs> I just think everyone in London is just so adorable and so polite. How many syllables was that? <laughs> three. London, three. All the ends were I, one London, syllable. I'm imagining they're all very polite and very nice. And so I'm just like, he's just tipping his hat. Cheerio. Hello, constable. He yeah. Is. So this uh, cute constable <laughs> inspected it for hidden wires, but couldn't find an explanation. Later, there were claims of disembodied voices, loud noises, toys being thrown, chairs overturning, and children levitating. So word quickly spread, and over the course of 18 months, over 30 people, including neighbors, psychic researchers, and journalists, all said that they saw things like heavy furniture moving on its own, objects being thrown across the room, and the girls levitating several feet off the ground. There are recordings of knocking noises and a gruff voice commonly coming from Janet. The raspy voice seemed to be delivering a message of a man's last moments on earth and said, quote, just before I died, I went blind and then I had a hemorrhage and I fell asleep and I died in the chair in the corner downstairs. So again, this audio can still be found on the internets today. Mm. This voice is allegedly the voice of Bill Wilkins a man who did die there several years before Peggy and the girls moved in. So now this is pointing to Janet being possessed, right? Mm -hmm. She was a mouthpiece for Bill, who by all accounts was shaping up to have been a grumpy old man with a very foul mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) trying to take a drink and aspirate and I don't understand. God. You do need a swallow steady. <laughs> no, she made me laugh. And- <laughs> she made me laugh and it just wasn't going down and I said it's coming up and I got to go. Time choked- to go. I choked on it coming up. Okay. Oh, that's what she said. Uh-huh. Yep. There it was. You just gave me a look while I was drinking. I was like, what? And you made a noise. It was probably me drinking. <laughs> so um i don't know where we were (laughs) uh bill dirty mouth yes uh, bill has a dirty mouth grumpy old man dirty mouth additionally his son contacted investigators to confirm the details behind his death and his personality so i mean this is all legit it's all accurate other strange occurrences include cold breezes physical assaults graffiti water appearing on the floor and even matches spontaneously bursting into flames no that sounds dangerous Flames are very scary. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Was there parchment paper in the house? Uh, probably. Oh my god. <laughs> probably what the matches were made out of. Spontaneous, <laughs> spontaneous matches and parchment paper. They probably held it too close to the broiler while they were trying to broil some bread. That's probably what happened. Gosh dang it. It happens to the best of us. It's okay. Um, the BBC went into the house at one point, but the crew found that their tape equipment had been twisted and the recordings were all erased. The family sought help from the Society for Psychical Research and got in touch with a Maurice Gross and a Guy Playfair, a poltergeist expert. Mm. Oh, there's my calling. Mm-hmm. 
Found it. Guy said, quote. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not the witches? Are you giving up on that? Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. That just comes naturally, though. So I need okay. a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I fine. think so. So Guy said, quote, as soon as I got there, I realized that the case was real because the family was in a bad state. Everybody was in chaos. When I first got there, nothing happened for a while. Then I experienced Legos, Lego pieces flying across the room and, oh. <laughs> and marbles. Oh and the extraordinary thing was when you picked them up, they were hot. I was standing in the kitchen and a t-shirt leapt off the table and flew into the other side of the room while I was standing by it. Hot Legos. Okay. Hot Legos. And marbles. Marbles. So Ed and Lorraine Warren were briefly involved and also convinced that the events had a supernatural explanation. But as a quick side note, the Warrens were involved to a much lesser degree than depicted in The Conjuring 2. Like, okay. they're, it's pretty centered around them and their investigation and how they help the family. Yeah. But allegedly, they showed up to the scene uninvited and were initially refused entrance. Oh, no. But, mm-hmm. I mean, all in all... Excuse me, I hear that you have a poltergeist here. Can I come in? <laughs> I don't know if you know about me, but... Um, over in england yeah they kind were of important <laughs> is that a poltergeist or are you just happy to see me <laughs> <laughs> but all in all it i mean the case sounds legit right sarah i agree okay i don't like being not included <laughs> fomo hmm. <laughs> uh, yes i have fomo big time <laughs> i was waiting for the acknowledgement Lindsay, does it sound legit so far sure yeah possession yeah i get it I believed it. Um, But the experts caught the kids bending spoons themselves and attempting to bend an iron bar. They observed Janet banging a broom handle on the ceiling and trying to hide the tape recorder. Also, apparently, no one was allowed in the room with Janet when she was making that gruff voice that was supposedly the voice of Bill Wilkins. Hmm. When it was heard, Bill's voice had a habit of changing suddenly, changing the... uh, Bill's voice had a habit of suddenly changing the subject, which was also a habit that Janet had. Other researchers involved came to the conclusion that ultimately the girls were just playing tricks on the investigators and the journalists. Um, But Janet would later say that they did fabricate some of the occurrences to see if the investigators would catch them. But when asked how much they faked, she said just 2%. She reports that the activity quieted down after a visit from a priest, and to this day, Janet is adamant that this happened and says that all of the activity started after she played with a Ouija board with her sister. There's that Ouija board. Years later, her brother would report that there's still something there and that you feel as though you're being watched. And so if you take it out of the family, the mom actually sadly died of breast cancer, um, and so the one of her brothers was with her and moved out. So another family with the children moved into the house. Mm-hmm. And the mother, Claire, said that she never saw anything but definitely felt uncomfortable and felt like something was always looking at her. Two months into living at the house, one of her sons woke up in the middle of the night and saw a man walking into his room. And they moved out the next day. Oh, they were not playing around. No. Jeez. Most times people stay for a while. I mean, I think that this house has a lot of... um. It's it's pretty famous, especially probably in that area. People know yeah, what happened or what supposedly happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at first sight of any issues, the mom was probably like, nope, we're not doing no. this. Is anybody living there now or is it just empty? So there is another family that has moved in and 
the only comment that I was able to find is that this mom said, like, I've got kids. I don't want them to know because I don't want them to be scared. Like, we're not sure. we're not going down this route. I get that, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically it. But that was the inspiration behind The Conjuring, too. So were the Warrens ever allowed inside this house or no? Very briefly, mm-hmm. from, from what I understand. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting because, I mean, that's one of their more famous cases. Like, there's an entire movie surrounding mm-hmm. right. their personal investigation and how they helped this family. But it sounds like in reality that didn't actually happen. Right. Which, I mean, Hollywood, of course, you embellish a lot of things. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you would, I mean, if that's one of their more famous cases, yeah, you would think they would have more involvement. Yeah. Speaking of famous cases, <gasps> what do you have? I have one that they were pretty involved with, actually. Let me hear it. Let's give them some redemption. <laughs> I don't know how redeemed they were in this story, but they were involved. We'll put it like that. But um, this is go ahead. One of my least favorite movies because the dog dies. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm still going to go on record and say it. it was one of my favorite scary movies. Sorry. Let's see. What was your favorite scary movie? Like as a kid or like now? Um, We'll go with as a kid. Um, Wait. Oh. Wait. Did you watch scary movies when you were a kid? Yeah. Um, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> okay. I did it illegally. Okay. I did it behind my head. <laughs> That's where it was. I'm like, we were Bible characters and stuff. <laughs> In high school, really, we started watching, like, scary movies. Me and my best friends would watch scary movies and have scary movie marathons. Mm. And I didn't tell my parents, obviously. And they knew I went to go see War of the Worlds, like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. alien movie mm-hmm. in theaters. And then I had, like, a scary movie marathon, like, the next night where we watched, like, Saw, The Grudge. Oh, yeah. And The Ring, I think, or something. Like, all very scary Love movies. Love The Ring, too, yeah. And I slept with my lights on for, like, mm-hmm, a week. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, I knew that alien movie would scare you. <laughs> and she goes, I just knew that end of the world, that, that alien, it was not a good idea. And I was like, you're right, Mom. It was a terrible idea. Your mom's right. I would never watch it. <laughs> I personally. I never told her that. It was, uh, Mom, I was watching Saw and The Grudge. <laughs> the Saw's pretty rough. Or The Saw. Saw is pretty Saw. rough. So I Saw was probably... absolutely love that series. Yes. Did you? Yeah. So Saw, the first one, is probably one of my favorites just because, I mean, that twist, like, never expected it coming when yeah. you saw it first. Um, older movies, I'd say probably The Shining. Well, yeah, obviously. Faves. That one's really up there. It. My favorite is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Ooh, I liked the remake, are, too. I liked the remake, too. That was a good one, too. hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that was and a- the ring. I know you mentioned it, but that was the up ring, there with my scary yeah. ones. I like the I like the the psychological paranormal side of those two. The ring was good. The Grudge was very good at scaring me. I was terrified after the Grudge. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to tell you guys about Amityville, and it is a little bit of true crime too. Love it. So, in order to understand the paranormal aspect, you kind of have to hear about the the true crime right. background of it. So, Amityville is about 30 miles outside of New York City. Um, so it's in Amityville, New York. <laughs> and on November 13th, 1974, there was a house that was a scene of the mass murder. And 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. had murdered his entire family while they were sleeping, including both of his parents and four of his siblings. I think he had two brothers and two sisters. Mm-hmm. And he shot them all with a high-powered rifle at 3.15 a.m. 13 months later, the Lutz family bought the home at an extremely reduced price of about $80,000. Sure, because yeah, what happened uh, there? Yeah, so cheap because there was a bunch of people murdered there. It was pretty sad. 
but they only lived there for about 28 days before they left the house completely. And according to them, they experienced a significant amount of paranormal activity. So I'm going to tell you briefly about some of their paranormal experiences first. Let's do it. Just a little bit of history about George. He was the stepfather, George Mm -hmm. Letts, and he dabbled a little bit in the cult. Just a little dabble. Just a little dabble here and there. A dabble do you. Dabble do you in the occult. Uh, He claimed to wake up at 3.15 every morning, Mm -hmm. which, as I mentioned, ironically, was the same time that Ronda Feo murdered his entire family. In the witching hour, too. It is, yes. I think of the exorcism of Emily Rose every time I wake up at 3 a.m. I'm like, no. (laughs) That's it. I'm possessed. 3 (laughs) a.m. It is a little creepy. I'm must not going to lie. Must not pee. Must hold your bladder till 4 a.m. <laughs> Close eyes. This is not happening. <laughs> All right. So everyone in the family claimed to have, I guess you would, smelled strange smells. I, don't, I phrased that funny. Everyone in the family claimed to have um, sensed some strange smells in the house. They also saw green slime coming from the walls. And they would experience cold spots in different areas of the house. Green slime. Okay. Green slime. Yeah. Yeah. I pictured like the ghost from Ghostbusters. I pictured Ghostbusters too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or Nickelodeon slime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I don't know. They've never said otherwise. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, at some point they decided to involve a priest, but when he came to bless the house, apparently he didn't know anything about why he was being brought there. Okay. Um, and while he was there, he allegedly heard a voice screaming, get out. And he also physically felt a slap across the face. Ooh. And where he was, and I don't know if you remember this from the movie, but there was a scene in the movie where there was a whole bunch of flies that died in the yes. room. And that's the room where he was in. Okay. Um, he told the family that they should probably never sleep in that room in the house again. <laughs> probably not. If, not if you don't want to be bitch slapped by a ghost. Right? <laughs> you should probably just burn this place down. Yeah. Let's be honest. Probably, you know what? Just board this room off. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> not a good feeling in here. Uh, apparently the garage door would open and close on its own mm-hmm. and knives would randomly fall off the kitchen counter. No. Not a good sign either. No. George and his son Daniel claimed to have seen a pig-like creature <gasps> with, with red eyes staring at them through the window. I would move that day if I saw a pig like creature that was with a movie eyes. too. Yeah, that's what scared me a little bit. I remember that the noise and everything. It's straight out of hell. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-mm. Yeah, get out of there. Um, George claimed that one night he awoke to his wife Kathy levitating off of the bed. Okay. And I would move then too. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're on the topic of levitating, Daniel, one of the sons, and the other son, Christopher, uh, were also said to have levitated in their beds as well. If I ever wake up and see my husband levitating off our bed, <laughs> I would lose my ever-loving mind. You'd probably think it was a night terror. You'd be like, no, nah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a vision. I didn't see anything. Is that true? All right. So, you know, I, naturally people are going to question if this is real sure. or not. So George and Kathy both took a lie detector test, which they both passed. You know, I debate what you will about lie detector tests, but that's at the time what they had. So that's what yeah. they did. Um, and later on in life, um, when Daniel grew up, he lived in Queens, New York, and he claimed that the house ruined his life forever and that he continued to have nightmares. Mm. Probably one of the more interesting things, though, was that Ron DeFeo, the guy who murdered his family, he was still alive in jail. Right. Um, and he said that he had also heard voices while he lived in the house that urged him to kill his family. 
Hmm. Bad news bears. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Ed and Lorraine Warren and their trip to the Amityville house. They first visited in February of 1976 after being contacted by a news anchor who knew their work. That was kind of a a friend of theirs that they'd worked together in different hauntings, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they, they said that on a zero to 10 scale, it's a 10 as far as hauntings goes. And it was diabolically infested. Diabolical. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I like that word. <laughs> the pig gave it away. Gosh, yes. <laughs> the pig creature. They believe that the infestations of the house are what made Ron DeFeo murder his family. And six months before the murder, Ron went to a shrine somewhere in Canada. And he brought back an exorcist to the house. Thought this was a bizarre story. While the priest was doing his exorcism, there was candles blown out, doors closing on their own, footsteps that were heard, and Ron fled the house. They're not sure why. If he was scared or if maybe he was possessed, they're not exactly sure why he fled the house during this exorcism. And um, the, a different priest who was called during the Lutz's house when they owned the house claims that he had terrible things happen to him as well after blessing the house. Hmm. So blessing the house didn't work. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah, I think it was a it, it was a ten on the on the scale of diabolical yeah. <laughs> Sounds like lots of people tried to bless this house and it didn't work. <laughs> this thing was not going to listen to anybody. Apparently, burn it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Lane's been quote L- Lane Lorraine has been quoted as saying the very first night that Ed and I went into the home, I was fearful, but I didn't know what I was fearful of. As I was going up the stairs, I reached the point where it was—it felt as a force of water was coming in against my chest, almost like a waterfall. It was the worst feeling. I stopped on the landing and held tight to the relic that was in my hand and asked for strength and direction in going forward. It felt ominous to me. Hmm. She's claimed that it affected their personal lives more than any other case that they've worked on and stated in an interview that the Lutzes had the same furniture in the house from the DeFeo family. No. Yes. No. Like no, straight no. up mattresses, bed frame, everything. No, no, no. no. Where they died? Yes. Or, or were killed, I should say. Well, yeah. All the uh, oh Yeah. They gosh. were killed and died. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying like not, they didn't you like you when laugh. you say like died, it sounds like well they died of natural causes. No, they were killed. Right. Yeah. Uh Either way, I'm willing to bet that that probably left some negative energy in the house. Oh, gosh. Um, But also, interestingly, when the Lutzes fled the house, they left all of that stuff there again. They were like, absolutely not. taking the murder mattress. Well, they wanted to. They were like, we'll use it. (laughs) It's there. Okay. Lorraine has said that the personification of evil is what's in the house and that it followed her uh, and Ed to the home after their first night of research. Okay, and I have a really long quote from her, so bear with me, but it kind of sums up about what she felt after this experience there. She says, I realized that two of my dogs were in the room and they weren't acting right. They were (laughs) acting like they were drugged or something. They were acting very strange. I tried to read something, and when your point of concentration is affected, you know that there's some force trying to reach out to you to cause some confusion. It's what they call diabolical confusion. Diabolical. I sat there and I couldn't move. All I had to touch was a button that was right there for security. And I could let my husband know that something was wrong, but I couldn't. I felt almost paralyzed. 
Then the only sound I hear is the sound I can only compare to a big sheet of metal, like somebody shaking it. Mm. Then there was a cyclone of wind and darkness and energy. It felt like it was sucking everything into it. It came up from the lowest level into the dining room, into the living room. And as it got to the doorway, there's this huge mass of black thing. I called on my faith, made a big sign of the cross and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I demand you to leave and come back where you came from. You can only do that with faith, not words. Now it's seconds, not minutes that my husband comes in. He lies down next to me and he puts his hand on mine and says, honey, do you have any idea what just happened? He was in an extreme distance from where I was, and the same exact thing had happened to him. Hmm. He had holy water on his desk, and he threw it at it, whatever this creature was, and made the sign of the cross in the air, and that was only the beginning. They were very, like, secretive, I feel like, about what actual experiences that they had. They just would say that this was very tragic for them. Diabolical. Diabolical. (laughs) (laughs) But that scene that she describes, help me out here. I remember this from one of the movies. It may be The Nun, where she's in there and she has this experience and she visualizes something coming in. Anyways, it's very it's very much so portrayed in one of their movies. I just can't put my finger on which one it is. Yeah, I haven't seen The Nun, so no help there. Same. Oh, really? Hmm. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's all I got for you about Ed and Lorraine and their experience about Amityville. There's quite a bit of information on YouTube, though. Lots of interviews about them. As I said, they mostly just say things like, oh my gosh, it had such an impact. And maybe they wrote a book about it and I can read it. I don't know. They may have. I mean, there's definitely been books written and obviously a movie and a remake with Ryan Reynolds, Mm -hmm. which I've never seen that one. You haven't seen it? Mm -mm. Nope. Well, I will watch the original and you watch the remake. Okay, fair. And you must watch the the remake. Remake. The remake is with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Of the Amityville? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I didn't realize there was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know who else was in it with him, but yeah. So people still live there, and actually it was just listed on Zillow. Oh. Was it really? So yeah. you can see think, inside pictures of it? Yeah, you can. It's actually beautiful. They've tried to like really, you know, spruce it back up, and I think it sold for like $600,000, which was actually quite a bit less than it was listed for. Uh, but, you know, compared to the $80,000 that it sold for, sold for back in the 70s. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, I'm going to look it up on Zillow tonight. Oh, you should. It's beautiful. And nobody's had problems with it since. I mean, nothing said, but, you know. I think as long as they don't play with a Ouija board, I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Rule number one, y'all. Get rid of the furniture that was in the Don't house. antagonize and throw a doll across the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't play with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. Well, also, we don't murder people. I mean, that's always yeah. a good start. Yeah. I agree with that one, too. That never sets a good scene. <laughs> yeah, don't kill people. <laughs> All right. But take heed our advice. <laughs> heed our advice. Do not kill people. <laughs> okay good advice all right (laughs) that means it's time for us to go thanks so much guys for tuning in to our group episode on the paranormal you can always (laughs) paranormal (laughs) i like i wasn't gonna say anything i just giggling but you looked at me Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys, to our group episode on the paranormal. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com and all of our socials from there. Or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. 
Thanks so much, guys. We will catch you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.